Welcome, everybody, um, to the Healthy Indoors live show. I'm your host, Bob Krell. I'm the founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors magazine. Um, we, it's great to have you here. Um, this is this is our first of a new uh, format for the show. We're keeping our same uh, Thursdays at 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern uh, time slot. But um, starting today, this is the first incarnation of our live virtual studio audience. So, um we actually have people sitting sitting in the gallery here that are part of the Zoom meeting. We're live streaming up on our uh, Vimeo and Facebook pages. So um, this will be interesting. Our, our live studio audience will be able to uh, actively ask questions, come on camera, speak work with our guests, and it should be an interesting time. Um, one of the, one of the uh, I think, uh, important things I'd like to talk about here is... Um, just just what the, the format and how we're doing the show. So um, Joe Medosh is uh, returning again as our um, co-host. And Joe, you know, introduce yourself and tell us about Joe Medosh. Wow. Uh, I can take up the rest of the show by uh, doing that kind of uh, introduction. So um, yes, I'm happy to be back and I'm really excited about our new format and the ability to interact with the viewers. And uh, clearly today we probably uh, hoping to have at least, you know, 20 to 40, but I think in the future, we're going to see a lot of IEQ professionals tuning in to see our topics and hear about not just what we have to say, but what other people that are tuning in want to hear and what, what, their, what their questions are. I think that's going to be an exciting dialogue that we've really been missing in our industry. A lot of other industries are doing this. Now we've stepped up to be like, let's provide a venue for everybody with IEQ to, uh, to chime in and hear what other people are saying. We've always been the trendsetters, though. Um, and, and, and welcoming to our, to our crew here, also, Susan Valenti. She's the editor of Healthy Indoors Magazine, coming to us from Andover, Mass. And, and Joe, I always forget the name of, of your city in Colorado that you're in. Loveland. In fact, Loveland. right now, everybody sends their mail to Loveland, and it gets stamped, and then they send it back on to their real Loveland. Loveland. So, Loveland. Love yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I get it. So Susan, anyway, is, is here as our moderator, um, and also, you know, uh, second uh, uh, instigator on the show um, to uh, spur some questions. She, she has a keen insight into posing those penetrating questions that people first of all, fail to ask and uh, should be asking. So uh, with that, Susan will be moderating our uh, online live studio uh, virtual audience. So if you're in the audience and you want to ask a question, um, you can type in the chat. There's a chat box that's available here in the in the Zoom meeting. Um, you also can hit the raise your hand button and you, the raise hand button uh, functions uh, off of the reactions button. So you hit that, raise your hand. And when we're in a Q&A session, when uh, we're uh, pausing to allow audience questions of our guests, uh, Susan will be able to unmute you or ask you to unmute and bring you in and uh, let you ask your question. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's dig in. Let's dig in. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess it's time to do that, right? Um, so, uh, so let so let's uh, without any further ado, let's let's introduce our guests on the show. Um, uh, Kevin, uh, we've got well, we've got actually. First, let me put up a graphic here for um, for what the show's uh, the feature on the show today. Um, the show is actually uh, a, a party, uh, so to speak. 
Uh, we're, we're calling it a party anyway. Um, it is uh, a product release party for TSI's new Q-Track XP uh, indoor air quality monitor. And this is a really cool device. Um, I haven't had a chance to physically touch it, but I've been uh, speaking with, uh, with our guests today and uh, had a chance to at least look at some of the promotional materials and videos on it. Um, what will be uh, interesting with, the, uh, with this is they just launched the product this week. So it's uh, new, new and dear. And um, so we're going to be talking about it and we'll uh, allow everyone to uh, come in and ask questions about it. So uh, with us today, uh, via telephone today is Kevin Chase. He's the global project manager for indoor air quality and exposure monitoring products from TSI. Uh, Kevin Chase, welcome, Kevin. And I think he's unmuted. And then also uh, Jim Schumacher, who uh, we actually have uh, his video. He's here. And I'm going to bring Jim's uh, video up full screen so we can actually see him. Uh, Jim is the product marketing specialist for TSI's ventilation and IQ instrumentation. Hi there. Hey, guys. Appreciate it. Bob, Joe, Susan, appreciate uh, the time to get out here and uh, to get on this call and chat with everybody online. And we're really excited about a new product that... Unfortunately, unfortunately, is uh, coming around at a at a time when a lot of us are spending a lot of time indoors. So you know, with all the time indoors, there's a heightened awareness of uh, from all people and all walks of life. So I think uh, we have something that uh, that a lot of the professional um, IEQ consultants, uh, professional engineers, or industrial hygienists would uh, be something that they're definitely going to be interested in. So um, with, with that, I'd like to uh, actually jump uh, to a video. We've got just a short one-minute video we'd like to uh, show you guys uh, that actually uh, talks about this product so you can be uh, familiar with it and uh, understand what we're talking about here. So here we go. Let's let it roll. To effectively monitor indoor air quality in today's high-performance building environments, you must be able to measure a wide range of parameters. It's important to assess potential sources of air contaminants and determine the proper amount of ventilation to provide your building's occupants. Measuring your indoor air quality has never been easier with the Q-Track XP Indoor Air Quality Monitor. This monitor is a field-expandable instrument that simultaneously logs standard IAQ parameters along with the mass concentration measurements and six different types of gases. This flexible, lightweight instrument can be configured, customized, and expanded to meet the increasing demands indoor air quality professionals face. The Q-Track XP Indoor Air Quality Monitor was designed with flexibility in mind. Pick and choose the sensors you need and simply snap them into place. You can also swap out the entire sensor module for another preset module. Each sensor can be quickly replaced and calibrated in the field, giving you on-the-spot control over survey parameters. The removable sensor module reduces downtime for service, so you can keep your Q-Track monitor running without interruption. The large touchscreen display makes it easy to scroll, select, swipe, and zoom, making streamlined workflows and field calibration a breeze. Wi-Fi connectivity allows you to download data remotely. The Q-Track XP Indoor Air Quality Monitor expands your IAQ measurement capabilities one sensor at a time. To learn more, visit tsi.com slash q-trackxp. So th th this is a, a very neat product. Uh, many of you, um, I know, uh, you know, from the industry, 
have probably experienced using a Q-Track over, over the years, right? It's a, I, I know as an IQ practitioner for years, we've used various incarnations of the Q-Tracks over the years. Um, it's kind of like an industry standard. You know, it's been out there for, you know, for handheld monitoring. So I, I guess, you know, first off, and I'm going to let Kevin and or Jim jump in, you know, as, as you please to answer these questions. But my first question for you is, you know, the TSI Q-Track is kind of an iconic instrument, right? We're all seen them for years. Um, you know, professionals in the industry have been using them for years. So what was the objective at TSI for uh, designing this new version of the Q-Track? What, what drove this? Yeah, hi, this is Kevin. I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great. Hi, thanks. I've been having some connectivity issues. Uh, so uh, really where we did what we where we went with this product is we, we really listened to what the market was saying and what our customers were asking for um, as we visited them across the country. And uh, everybody, as you said, you know, the Q-Track has, has earned a really strong rep uh, reputation in the industry for being accurate and highly durable and flexible with its configuration. Um, but yet the market was asking for, for even more as they were looking for mass concentrations along with gases and then additional gases. So when we looked at this product and, and this market and then our product line, we thought, okay, let's take that legacy Q-Track and bring it to the next level. And we, we really listened to how customers use instruments and what they do with the data once they gather it. And we looked at how to add that flexibility in. So with Q-Track, we took a fresh start, um, bringing that legacy forward, um, combining mass and gas together. So uh, particulate measurements can be taken along with your standard uh, indoor air quality uh, parameters, such as CO and CO2 and temperature and relative humidity and, and, and those basic, I'll call them core measurements. And then uh, really listen to what our customers were looking for with going beyond that and, um, and, and what kind of uh, expansion they were looking at as they responded to their customers in the marketplace. And uh, when we did that, we looked at how can we make this flexible and streamline with their processes and, and so on. And we, as we went through this project, we got continuous input from customers and users um, and, and really wanted to take a product that would really carry us into the next generation, but yet bring that legacy of our, our Q-Track forward. And, and I believe we've accomplished that. We're very excited with that. This product is flexible, low cost of ownership, and, and really kind of hits a, a great deal of, of the areas that not only the video talked about, but um, the behind the scenes data uh, gathering uh, that our customers are looking for. So what, what's, I mean, we, we saw, you know, in the, it was a quick one minute video snippet, but what, um, what are some of the, you know, the key features, uh, the, the changes, the innovations that, that you've added to the unit um, fr from, the, from the previous uh, version of your Q-Tracks that you had out there? What, what makes this thing a real different animal? Sure. Um, well, there's there's several things really, and and to start with, um, uh, it's the the flexibility in the field. Um, so in the past, you could order different probes and plug them in and, and have some flexibility, but we were limited to the configuration of the probes. Um, whereas in with this product, we've added a, a wide variety of sensors that can be changed out very quickly uh, in the field by the user. They can configure the product uh, as they go and expand their capabilities um, as they need to, um, as well as having a much broader application of, of gases, for example. But then really building in the ability as part of our base unit 
to measure particulates. Uh, we've got three different mass concentration sizes and six different particle count constant, um, sizes, so cut points. So it really is a tremendous amount of flexibility. Uh, the uh, user can uh, display up to 20 different um, indoor air quality parameters at one time, and then not only look at that data live, but then also see live graphing as well with the, with the uh, GUI interface. Uh, so that is part of it. The other part of it is, is low cost of ownership. So, um, you know, one of the things that we heard a lot was, um, you know, less downtime in the field. So we designed this product. So uh, with a swappable head, as you saw the swappable module in the video, well, the advantage to that is uh, customers can either send in the module for maintenance or calibration and then have a separate module that they can keep working in the field, keep serving customers um, while that's being done. So there's less downtime for service and maintenance. If a sensor needs to be replaced in the past, um, uh, the, the, the probe uh, needed to be sent in to have that sensor replaced. Uh, with this instrument, the users can do it in the field. They can order a sensor directly and just change that out when, when, they, when need be. Um, and then, of course, user calibrations are, are always part of indoor air quality instruments, and we built that in with an uh, easy-to-follow user interface to help um, support that. So there's uh, just a, we've taken everything that the legacy QTrack can do, and we've just taken it to the next level for ease of use, low cost of ownership, and uh, streamlining um, the customer processes and applications. Uh, and by having an expandable platform, which is what XP uh, stands for, um, it really opens up a wide range of, of capabilities for users to get into the platform and then really expand it as their needs expand and in only the areas they need to be expanded into. So uh, if they're looking for a particular gas, they can, they can expand into that quite affordably going forward um, and not have to buy a completely different instrument. And then, of course, on the back end of it, it takes all that data and puts it into one data set, right, for easier management uh, and data analysis. Yeah, I think you definitely have, uh, uh, stepped up your game. The The module concept is something that people are kind of expecting in tools today or to be able to service it and my keep my tool and still use it. So I do want to clarify one of the things you had uh, uh, mentioned there. So for instance, for particulates, you know, people want to monitor, you know, 0 0.1, 0 0.25, 1.0. Can I do all those with one module or do I need a separate one for each one of those? And, and, and are you giving me a, a different scale for each one of those? Great question. Uh, you can do all of that with the with the single uh, module. Um, they are selectable, so you can select which one of those cut points, either particle count or mass concentration or both, that you would like to display. Uh, you can display them all if you want, although that's probably an outside use case. Um, uh, but you can you can choose to display those and and look at the, the cut points that you're interested in, um, as well as any of the the other uh, the parameters. Yeah, I have several questions, so I'll try and interject those uh, as we go through. So appreciate it. Sure. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Bob, you mentioned your your familiarity with the QTrack and other, you know, IEQ products at TSI and probably others as well. Um, but when you look at um, how indoor air quality in the, has changed, um, you know, when we talk about, you know, Kevin mentioned some of the core or classic measurements, and they might have been fine. 15, 20, 25 years ago, you know, you have your temperatures and humidities for, you know, doing maybe a thermal 
comfort or uh, indoor environments, um, then you pretty much had CO2, carbon dioxide, and carbon monoxide. Um, those would be your core measurements, and that's. Uh, but um, the industry and the needs today have, have changed. You know, I've gone to conferences. I've talked to a lot of customers who use a myriad of different TSI products for for doing um, you know indoor air quality studies or monitoring or so on. So you know, the needs of the IEQ investigator today has changed completely from what it was you know a decade or two ago. Um, you know, we, we've had the Q-Track and our classic one. We brought on VOC probes. We're doing TVOC. That, that got really big. Um, that's about 10 years. But now other things are coming online. Um, formaldehyde has always been a to hot topic. You know, think about uh, all the construction material, everything that goes into a, a building construction, all the material, all the furniture. Um, that new car smell in your in your car? Well, that's just a soup of VOCs that are just off-gassing into the into your cabin. Um, but uh, really, the, the the needs of the IQ investigator have changed, and we're trying to meet that um, uh, meet that change by giving them something that that they can configure themselves. If you want to measure particles, you know, if you're, there's something going on in the kitchen, you don't, you know, maybe in, in a restaurant and odors are starting to um, escape from the kitchen out to the dining area, you can track that to the source. And, you know, one of the keys is, um, you know, to be able to build and expand on your measurements. You know, if you're, if there's a lot of VOCs or a lot of odors in the, in the environment, you know, think about how buildings are coming online. Uh, again, you know, we're, you know, our building here at TSI, we're at reduced capacity. Um, you think about all the schools that have been at um, stagnant or reduced capacity. And one of the things that, that they're going to be doing is a lot of cleaning, a lot of disinfecting. So you may see more cleaning agents being used, ammonia, chlorine, and depending on an individual's sensitivity, they may react um, differently than others. So it's very important to be able to um, have the tools that an indoor air quality investigator needs to be able to go into that building. You know, they're you know they're called in. Um, you know, there's some type of complaint. Uh, you know, do the indoor IQ investigation, interview those who are affected, what areas of the building, you know, get a layout of the building itself. Um, but this is a tool just to, to build upon the, um, um, what am I looking for, um, on the abilities of the IQ investigator. Instead of having a whole bunch of different instruments wheeled around in the carp, you have one device to do that. And another thing is, um, you know, in any type of indoor air quality monitor, that's all it is, is a monitor. All it is, is a diagnostic tool. Um, generally the source or the solution to any IEQ problem is your mechanical ventilation system. So to be able to use a device to, okay, CO2 levels are too high, you've got too many particulates. You know, if you got a problem with indoor air quality, you basically have two solutions either eliminate the source or control it. And with the QTrack XP, we're able to really dial in the monitoring so that um, the recommendations that the IEQ investigator puts forth is something that the owner can really count on and have confidence in moving forward to make any potential changes. 
so, so I jump in as far as um, the video again, you know, watching watching uh, the, the close up of the hand, uh, you know, putting the new uh, sensor uh, sensor modules in, in the device. It seems like it is pretty simple to do. And I noticed they had the, the little hood for doing uh, gas calibration. I mean, is it is it really as, as, as simple as that looks? You know, a lot, a lot of times, uh, you know, in, in actual practice, right, when you get in the field as you know, as a professional, uh, is, is this an easy change to do in real time and a calibration fairly easy to do on these devices? Uh, absolutely. It's is, you know, Bob, you know, we'll set something up for you. Hey, you're always welcome. And, uh, but yeah, it is literally that, that easy to plug and play sensors. You can put them in any slot, the IEQ module, you know, you can have one as a backup or, you know, you send one back for service for uh, factory calibration, get all your calibration data sheets, no worries, you can always have a backup one. Or if you have, let's say you're doing multiple studies and there's a lot more going on in the space, you can have another module um, outfitted with a completely different set of sensors, you know, depending on the environment. You know, there's a lot of different gas sensors that we have available and it's very important for the IQ investigator to know which ones to use at what, uh, when. You know, so we have sensors for nitric oxide, nitrogen dioxide. Those are generally pollutants, um, mainly coming in from a combustion or more, more importantly, from polluted um, urban environments. So if you have a building that's in, a, in an area where there's a lot of traffic, um, a lot of outdoor pollution, there it is a potential for that to get inside inside your building through whether opening doors or windows or the loading docks when the trucks come in and so on. But uh, it's very, excuse me, it's very important that, um, you know, whatever sensors are being used, that um, they'll give them the data that, that they need for a particular environment. So I'll do another follow-up question real yeah. quick. So I want to find out many times where, where these are handheld devices, we're walking around with them. But sometimes I just want to leave it in a, in a room for a while or even much longer. So what's my uh, potential battery time? And I just want to confirm, did I need both pieces? I need the, uh, you know, the, the, the sensors and the handheld device to gather data, or can I leave one someplace? Is that, uh, I think that would just be a, a, a guesstimate question. Yeah. Can I just leave the gas uh, sensor someplace and actually gather data? The, the unit works together in combination. So you would need the, the handle the display part of it as well as the sensor module. Um, but it does have about a 20 hour runtime. Uh, it does also run on, on AC power. Right. And there is also a security feature with it. So if you're doing a long-term study, say in a classroom or in a meeting room and you wanna do it over a series of times um, and there are there is a way to program so that you can do it for an hour and then wait 10 minutes and do it for another hour for classroom changes or what have you for an example. Um, the screen, you can have it so the screen locks out so that it can't be tampered with during a study. Um, so we've built in some features like that for a variety of applications that is uh, user settable, uh, selectable. So if you don't need that, if that's not a feature that, that's applicable, then you can certainly turn that off and it will stay um, in its mode. But it does have a, a power reserve or a uh, low power mode, which will dim the display and, and extend the battery life as well. So we've built it for a wide range of applications, both short-term uh, studies and a longer-term um, study as well. Uh, really giving the user a lot of flexibility. Your unit is Wi-Fi. Do you guys have an app or are you thinking about having an app so I can see data remotely? So if I put this in a duct system, I could 
be down on the main floor and actually see what's happening with the device or I have to grab it and upload it. Sure. So yes, we do have Wi-Fi in the device that is an option. It's primarily for remote downloading of data. So there, there isn't a live stream data at this stage of, of, the, uh, of the software. It does come with a desktop version of uh, Track Pro, what we call Track Pro Ultra. Uh, and that's an extension also of our, of our classic Track Pro product, but it's a whole new platform that we're, that we're moving towards. So uh, at this stage of the game, it's really for remote downloading of, of data sets uh, and then graphing, analyzing, and then taking that data and putting it into reports. Um, so, uh, it's great, great question. Uh, but so the Wi-Fi, because of that, the Wi-Fi, uh, is an option. You can also connect the instrument via a hardwire, uh, USB-C cable, which comes with the instrument to connect, to, uh, get those, that data transfer as well. So here's the, uh, the, you know, the million dollar question, or at least a, you know, a, uh, question um what's the anticipated uh service on one of these things as far as uh, you know annual maintenance uh uh life expectancy on sensors and i know that they vary right based on the sensor module probably but you know what are you looking at to actually uh keep one of these things up and running and cal you know are there required uh send it back calibrations and th those sort of things Sure. So with the module itself, it houses the temperature humidity sensors as well as the PM sensor. Uh, and those are fixed in the module. And we recommend an annual calibration for the module itself. Um, and, and that is to keep those uh, up to speed. Now, that being said, the uh, um, temperature sensor, the humidity sensor, as well as any of the gas sensors are calibratable by the user in the field. Right. Um, if the user wants to send those in or needs to for to get a CalCert uh, with them, then we certainly do service those. But they're designed to be calibrated um, by the user. Some of our users um, have said that they calibrate their instruments daily, uh, some weekly. Uh, others, dependent on the kind of work they're doing, if they need that validation for their customers or for their application for the record keeping. Um, and what we built into the GUI interface is a very easy process of, of selecting a, a sensor to calibrate and then allowing for that to be done either um, via gas flow or with direct input of readings that if you're trying to match with, say, a master uh, temperature reading that you have that, that is highly uh, accurate that you, that you depend on, then you can enter that as well and calibrate it directly to that. So we've, we've looked at that from a uh, calibration and maintenance from a variety of different angles. In terms of the life of the sensors, they really do, uh, it varies by the sensor and by usage applications. Um, some can dry out. They, the, obviously, VOC sensors can be, you know, the, the uh, lights can be rebuilt and those kits are available uh, through TSI or up in the open market. Um, but if a sensor needs to be replaced, um, users can just order that directly and, and, um, and replace it in the field. So, during the calibration process, uh, it'll give you a warning if it, the sensor is starting to drift out of a specification, um, and it'll tell you that uh, you can calibrate this, but if that calibration uh, range is getting, um, getting outside the spec, then uh, that's a good indicator to order another sensor and, and have that replaced. But it will let you calibrate and move on with your work for the day. Uh, it just kind of gives you a heads up that it's reaching end of life or if there's something else going on uh, with that sensor. So with that with that video um, with uh, uh, segment that sh actually showed the uh, 
guess uh, sensor hood to go over, to go over it and actually do the calibration. Is that an accessory or that that component for actually performing the calibration on your sensors? So I'm assuming obviously you have to have a, uh, a orifice that's actually going to be uh, sized properly for your sensors. Um, that, that yeah, that's sensor... go ahead, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, that uh, that calibration cap that comes standard um, with the kits because you know as you know in doing IEQ investigations or using types of gas sensors things drift over time. You know we have uh, NDIR sensor for the CO2. We use uh, photoionization detection for the TVOC and electrochemical sensors um, for all the other gases. Um, like Kevin mentioned, you know, life expectancy and sensors um, vary and especially due to use or concentration. Um, but one thing that's very important in any type of, um, you know, what's the outcome when you're doing an indoor air quality investigation? Well, you're there on the behalf of the owner and you're generating data and you wanna have confidence in the data that you're getting, you know, who knows things. You know, years, you know, when uh, we had uh, when we had the hurricanes and mold issues, mold is gold and so on there, you know, there could be a lot of litigation issues if you're not don't have um, your products up to up to cal up to speed recent calibration. So each one of those sensors has its own serial number, part number, and will come with its own individual calibration certificate right from the factory. And, you know, I know a lot of um, consultants that, you know, uh, they'll do a bump test, you know, before they do a study, they'll test the unit out, you know, maybe you do maybe a zero and a span, make sure that that gas sensor is okay, it's reading, you know, I've confidence in the measurements, um, if they need to do an adjustment, they can calibrate it. Um, then they can go ahead and do their study, put the monitor, let it uh, chug away. You can set it up for long-term un unattended studies. And, you know, when you're done with that, you know, test it again. At least that way you have a very good baseline on the performance of what your sensors are doing during the duration of that test. Um, we've always pride ourselves on on providing uh, solid calibration. And not only that, we also provide as found. So if you send in your old Q-Track in or, or any of these, any of our other TSI devices, we'll take it out of the box, put it in our test fixtures, test them out, do an as found data. How is it performing right now before we make any adjustments? So that'll give uh, someone um, even more confidence. Um, you know, some of our other products like uh, our, some of our VelociCalcs, you know, when you're getting into critical space testing, doing pharmaceuticals, um, laboratories, clean rooms, uh, things of that nature, you know, it's very imperative that the data that you get is is accurate and you can trust it. And that's where that as found data comes in. So you send your module back, your IEQ module, we'll test that PM sensor. We'll make sure the temp and humidities are, are, are reading within scope. You send in your sensors, we'll do the same thing. We'll test them. And if we need to, we'll replace them. But you'll always get uh, get the data back because at the end of the day, that data goes into your reports that you're handing over to your client. And you know, at the end of that, you want to get paid for your work, and you don't want any anybody knocking on your door saying, "Hey, I, you know, I'm Mr. Lawyer, and I don't trust your your <laughs> what you're you know providing here." So you know, we need to talk. So. Um, 
Yeah, in a, in a nutshell, you know, it's very important to be able to have control over your your maintenance, your sensor selection, and your calibration, whether you send it back to the factory or you do it yourself in the field. Well, I'll follow up with that. Um, and I, I do want to clarify that you said something a, a second ago, uh, Kevin, and that was that the main module has built into it um, relative humidity, temperature, and the, the particles. Is that correct? Correct, and barometric pressure as well. And if I can add one more thing to what Jim was saying, uh, one of the things we've built into this instrument is uh, for each sensor, and they're serialized, uh, when you calibrate the sensor, it tracks when the last time the user calibrated that sensor, and this is individually by sensor. It also tracks when the factory originally calibrated the sensor. So the user can get a good idea of how old that sensor is, when was the last time it was calibrated, um, by the user itself, um, and and they can go in sensor by sensor and, and have that information readily available to them, um, and it tracks that, so it gives really more control in the hands of of the uh, the user on on managing really their inventory of sensors and their accuracy on, on whether or not something needs to be calibrated. Uh, if they don't, you know, if they do a lot of calibration, they might not recall that they did this one on Tuesday and that one last Wednesday. Um, but the instrument does track that for them. So Kevin, I don't know how through your phone you're able to see my notes because my notes were, can I adjust relative humidity and temperature directly? And does the device or system keep track of my calibration? So those are my last two questions which you were able to answer before I could ask them. Well, well done. I mean, Joe is Sorry, somewhat omnipresent ahead. though. You know, he's, he is an uh, omnipresent character. We, we uh, do the best we, we can. I, I, yeah, I have a follow-up for you guys. So one of the sure. most common devices that people need in the new OSHA world that's out there um, is the ability to do OSHA compliant um, confined space testing, which requires a specific series of um, gas conditions. Do you guys have the ability to do that? And is there a probe that allows me to extend my uh, device so I can actually throw it in or determine what's actually happening in the space before I go in it, 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 it even for any of those gases? Yeah, good, good question. I think it's really important to note that we designed this instrument for indoor air quality. And although it has uh, really a wide range of, of gas capabilities, up to six sensors at one time, um, it's really not intended for those uh, confined space uh, industrial gas applications. Um, the intrinsic safety is another aspect of those uh, environments and those applications. And this product was not intended for intrinsically safe environments. Um, so really, if you, you know, when you compare its capabilities, you go, okay, we can use it for um, some of these uh, for gas type of applications, but, but that's really not what it was designed for and not what it's intended for. So it's not recommended for those applications, but for applications in indoor air quality and just looking at a wide range of applications, like as Jim said earlier, formaldehyde uh, is becoming more and more of an, of an issue with different materials. Um, both in construction materials, but also things like carpeting and chairs and, and furniture, um, and, and also uh, things like chlorine in schools with indoor swimming pools. And, and is, that, is that being uh, migrating throughout a building and a facility into what levels, uh, cleaning supplies and so on. With high efficiency buildings, um, you know, th that air exchange is becoming more and, more and more important as we've seen over the last 10 years or so. And uh, to, to all of that, indoor air quality standards from 
uh, you know, LEED and, and uh, um, other building standards are being much broadly, uh, more broadly accepted, not only in the United States, but globally, um, as people are being uh, in businesses, business owners, managers, all being much more focused on, on indoor air quality and sustaining that. Um, uh, and the various aspects of that that they're looking into has helped to really put more focus on an expanding um, parameters of indoor air quality. And, and again, that's where we built this instrument to expand with the customer need um, so that those types of, of additional um, applications are, are readily available and affordable uh, to, to move from, say, I bought the basic unit and move into some other areas. Is there, so I uh, want to confirm, is there a probe that I can use to get me, you know, inside of a duct or inside of an area on, uh, for the device? Is there something to extend my reading ability? Uh, good question. Not at this time. Uh, this is a, uh, intended to be launched as a self-contained unit. Um, we, uh, no, I meant like considered... a, an extension, like an extension, like, you know, mm -hmm. some of the, uh, devices have an ability for me to reach in or, you know, a, a little gun right. looking thing that, yeah, right. That's all I want to clarify. Yeah. Right, right. No, we don't have that. We do have that with some of our legacy uh, Q-Track products that uh, the wired probes to get inside of an air duct is part of the functionality of that. We did not build that functionality into this product at this time. So uh, we're really taking a completely, uh, you know, a different approach to it. Um, but uh, uh, that's a great, great point on on really why the legacy Q-Tracks uh, will stay in our product line for that for that reason, for those applications. So as far as the uh, the form factor with this device is, is a lot of lot of your your uh, innovative design, right? Is that you're making it a small form factor, so you don't have a lot of things hanging off it. Uh, so it's more of a run and gun tool that people can move with. I, I'm assuming that's that's part part of the right. It's, a, it's the an shape. right. It's an analytics tool and and mm -hmm. to do surveys and do studies, uh, both short term and then long term, and then throughout a building to be able to move it particularly if you're doing percent of, of indoor air and you're trying to measure, say, CO2 to get that balance. And maybe Jim can talk to that uh, in a little bit more detail, but uh, you want to be able to move the product and, and do it in a, in a, in a, in a manner that um, allows you to have freehand and, and be able to use the instrument and gather a variety of different measurements uh, without having a great deal of ancillary um, uh equipment to deal with either hanging on a belt or a tripod or your or another hand or something like that mm -hmm. so we really built it for that one-handed operation one hand to navigate the uh the, the display uh to be able to do you know just a whole lot of different parameters for indoor air quality or a variety of indoor air quality applications with a single device that's not to say we don't have you know uh, a clean vision of 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 different applications and other opportunities uh, to, to even make this product even more powerful. But uh, uh, those are all, you know, future ideas and so on. And, and for right now, uh, we wanted to get out in the marketplace with a really uh, robust and um, uh, new product platform that we think is very, very exciting and offers an awful lot of expandability uh, to users in the marketplace. Are there built-in alerts? So as I'm walking through an area, it could tell me if my whatever parameters I was after or reading um, had actually exceeded um, some criteria? Is that something that's in the, the, the device itself? Great question. Yeah, there is. Actually, you can set both high and low parameters with 
with any of the, the uh, parameters that you're looking at. Um, certainly with say, say with temperature, that might not be too helpful because it's fairly yeah. steady in most indoor applications. But for any of the gas sensors, for the uh, PM, uh, any of the, the uh, parameters around PM, be it particle count or mass concentration, you can set both a high and a low limit. And it will give you an alert. It will log it and show you, and it'll, it'll be in a red uh, alert section that we have in the interface. And, um, and then allow you to take a look at that and either keep that alert so you can watch it over time. Uh, it will also show up on the graphing when you put live graphs in. Uh, and then those high and low limits are also included in the data that gets exported as well. Yeah, that's a great feature. So, so I'm, I'm going to just kind of segue this into uh, just more of an overall um, talk. Of, you, you gentlemen both have spent a lot of time in the industry. You've been with TSI for uh, a collective number of years. Um, and, and TSI doesn't just do indoor air quality instrumentation, right? You, you, you're known for doing a lot of HVAC-related type diagnostic equipment, correct? So there's, uh, this, is, this is your latest in your line of devices, but um, for the IAQ practitioners, there's gonna be other, other tools in your line, right? That would come into play. Uh, yeah, sure, uh, sure. And that's, and that's where the, oh, I'm sorry. That's where the crossover is. Yeah. So I'm gonna let Jim kind of take that because Jim spends a lot of his time on the HVAC side of that uh, indoor air quality equation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have, um, you know, a lot of our products, our ventilation products are used by test and balance professionals, the guys that go out there and calibrate that system to the design specs or, you know, follow the building plans and get the right airflows and, and temperatures and BTU per hour is coming across the heating or cooling coil. Um, now, if just think about all the things that you do indoors, you know, you know, mainly let's uh, let's just focus on commercial, not industrial um, you know, side, because you know, you could find space testing and intrinsic safety is a little bit different. Um, but you know, all this thing is, or anything, is basically a troubleshooting tool. So when you talk about ventilation, it's uh, very key to know what ventilation is you know your average person oh that's that's the air that comes out of my air duct or my 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 register um but ventilation in in our world is clean fresh air ventilation outdoor ventilation air that comes into the building um and then also uh, you got air that exits or exhaust from the building but you know um you know joe's mentioning like alarm set points and thresholds, you know, the, the whole, you know, you think about pandemic and everything and, you know, air changes per hour has um, been a hot topic, you know, more fresh air ventilation. We got to be careful with that. Uh, yeah, it's great in principle, but chances are your existing system is nowhere going to be able to condition that air. Um, if it's hot and humid outside and you're bringing in a lot of outdoor air, that's just, you know, your cooling coils aren't going to be able to be as efficient. Uh, you'll have more condensation that may, you know, overflow or plug up your drain pans and creating mold issues. Um, but it's really a diagnostic tool. And so if, for instance, CO2, that's uh, when we look at ventilation, fresh air ventilation, um, you know, where, where, do, where does that come from? What's the thresholds? You know, what's a good number? What's a bad number? Uh, and, and there's a lot of things in the news, a lot of different organizations. Oh, we should do this, that, and the other. 
but it's very important to, you know, in our, here in the United States, you know, we followed ASHRAE guidelines, ASHRAE 62.2 for, um, which has a fresh air requirements per person or by space. Um, but in a nutshell, you know, if you're, if you're going outside and, you know, what's ASHRAE recommendations, 700 PPM above outdoor limits. So you could set a threshold, you go outside, you get a baseline, you know, maybe that's 400 PPM, and then you can set your alarm you know, your upper alarm set point for, you know, what, 1100. Um, but if you do have issues, chances are anything that happens in a space can be corrected by the ventilation system. So if you're, if you don't have the number of uh, fresh air ventilation per person per that per standard, yeah, you're going to have to increase that ventilation rate, outdoor ventilation. Um, but again, that's where it's very important to, you know, for a building owner, not, you know, commercial building owner, like, oh, tell facilities just crank open the outdoor air because it's going to have a quite a big impact on the rest of your system and whether or not it can uh, has the capacity to heat or cool humidify dehumidify it um, so it's very critical that you know if you use an in indoor air quality meter that's going to point to something temperatures are too high or i do have vocs or i have too many particulates well, you either get rid of the source, you control it. Get rid of the source, you know, maybe uh, get it out of there. If you have, um, you know, let's say you have a chemical, you know, you got a closet and a bunch of chemicals in there and, and they're leaking. Well, maybe those should be in a uh, chemical storage cabinet with, a, with an active ventilation to the outside. Um, excuse me, but uh, the ventilation tools, you know, are capture hoods from do, doing direct airflow measurements from your supply and diffusers. Um, that's one of the number one tools of a test and balance guy. Um, they go off the specs. They, you know, this room is designed for, you know, 1,280 cubic feet per minute at certain amount of air changes per hour. Um, that's then they're going to start using our ventilation tools, whether it's a you know air velocity meter or meters to measure pressure, room pressure, differential pressure, building pressurization, because that's a key too. Um, if your building is is slightly negative compared to the outdoors, you're going to start building bringing in unconditioned air. You know that might be too hot, too cold, maybe polluted or whatever through any gaps in your building envelope. Um, but the ventilation tools are very pertinent and very important to ensure that you have good indoor air quality. Yeah, you may have a meter that says, yeah, you know, my, I have too much formaldehyde or, or something's going on. Well, you're going to have to adjust your system to compensate it or uh, adjust to uh, do some other practices, better cleaning practices, better storage practices. You know, the, the whole thing about uh, minimum out, outdoor ventilation rates, um, you know, there, you hear a lot of talk, more outdoor air. Well, what the, the thing you have to keep in mind are, is, you know, what, until there's a new standard written or updated, you know, we need to go and use what we're doing today. And that's ASHRAE 62 for minimum outdoor air requirements per person. Um, and that'll be a starting point because more often than not, you know, for some of the things that you hear in the news, oh, I want 20 air changes per hour. Um, you got to be careful. What is an air change per hour? And is it really occurring yeah, in your and, space? And is that even feasible? And, and is it yeah. occurring? The other thing is you need diagnostic tools like meters like this to be able to decide whether the actual air changes are happening in the occupant breathing zones. You know, ha having you know, that critically important is that, you know, your supposed clean air is actually getting to the occupants and 
you need diagnostic tools to be able to measure that. So yeah, so um, wait, I have one last question before we do a wrap up because we're actually okay. approaching yeah, our wrap up. We are time. getting there. Yeah. So one, one question is that is that for some of the, the VOCs are one of the hardest measurement uh, conditions are out there. Most of the other ones are very dead on in terms of like, okay, these are my numbers, but there's so many things that be giving me VOC. So what's a recommendation in terms of like, uh, how long should I be in an environment or near something to know that I have actually determined the VOCs that are uh, uh, being created in that area. So is it, do I need to stay there for two or three minutes or am I getting readings within 30 seconds for this type of device? Well, with the, the with the sensors, um, that's a great point is um, um, inside that, that, that module at the top that houses all the sensors, there was actually a little fan in there that draws in the ambient air across the sensor. So it is an active measurement. Um, you know, some of our, like our classic Q-Track or IEQ probes, they're mainly work by diffusion. You know, you I think uh, Jim froze. Is that we, what everybody we may have We may have lost him. Uh, the point he was making, and he'll come back, I'm sure, but uh, it, they, uh, yeah, there he is. Oh, sorry about that. I'm, I kept talking. I, I could hear you. Sorry, you couldn't hear me. <laughs> but it is taking an active sample, and, you know, uh, there's thousands of volatile organic compounds out there. And ours, you know, we do TV, so total volatile organic Understood. compounds. I was trying um, to get a but, time frame so you can give some people a, a, a general rule of thumb for that kind of device. Like what I, I understand it's active, but sometimes between the sensor and that time that people are walking through a building pretty quickly thinking that they're able to grab yeah. stuff uh, instantly. And that's really not the case for many devices. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's going to play even that, you know, you just mentioned walking through to the school or whatever the area, you know, the concentration is not going to be the same either from, you know, this spot to four feet over. Um, so, you know, when you, you know, walking through a building, doing a quick survey, you know, ideally you'd want to mount it, you know, put it in the area or the room at a level that most people are, are at, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a, a meeting room or people are sitting, okay, you want to have it, uh, close to, close to them, you know, and a lot of, if you look at a lot of the buildings that have like a permanently installed monitor on the wall, they're generally going to be higher up more towards your breathing zone. So, you know, how you get your measurements, where you get your measurements, the time of response to the measurements, um, you know, that, that's going to vary based on, you know, what's going on in that space, concentration, airflows and, and things like that. So I'd like to jump in because I know Joe is going to try to try to uh, put us into a wrap up mode and cut it. And, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to let you do that yet, bud. Um, okay. So I, I just want to open it up again to our, our live studio audience. You guys have been kind of silent. And I know this is a, it's a new format being allowed to actually ask questions and come on camera. But um, this would be a great time to raise your hand if you have a comment or question you'd like to post to either Kevin or Jim or Joe or I or Susan, for that matter. Um, you know, just raise your hand and uh, Susan will recognize you and get you unmuted and get you on board. So with that, well, with I had that, another I had, question. I have a question yeah. that I wanted to ask though, uh, before, okay. before you actually went to your final thing. Um, have you at TSI, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're involved with HVAC, you're involved with IAQ issues. Um, how, and, and I know this is going to be hard to answer really quick, but just like, just, have you seen a, a major shift in interest and or practice uh, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic? I mean, how has that changed how, how TSI approaches things, how you're marketing, how you're, you know, what you're thinking going forward, what's changing now or has it at sure. all? 
Uh, it really has. We've, TSI does, has a variety of different instruments, as you talked about earlier. And, you know, one of them is respiratory fit tests uh, for masks, uh, N95 masks is an example. And certain product lines have really done extremely well during COVID only because the demand for that testing um, and uh, in particulates uh, as well as uh, respiratory fit tests. With that, there's been an increase in focus in indoor air quality, either particulates and gases. Um, and we've seen that in terms of, of more uh, excitement to it. There's a lot more research, as everyone knows, being done in that space, connecting CO2 and particulates and how does how do those work as a surrogate with uh, the spread of, of uh, viruses in general, uh, but COVID specifically. And there's a lot of research being done in that. So we're seeing in the marketplace a lot of interest in instruments that can help um, uh, do those types of studies and monitor for those uh, parameters. And I think we're going to see more of that going forward. I don't think this is going to end with COVID. I think if anything, uh, COVID has been a wake up call industry wide uh, and really picked up the momentum that has been happening over the last several years and, uh, and giving it new focus and new urgency. Jim, do you have any uh, follow up on that? Um, I agree with you know, everything that, that Kevin mentioned, and uh, but you know it's been challenging times, and the, you know our there's different value streams or different product lines and or divisions or whatever within our company, and you know respiratory fit testing is very important for testing masks. How do they fit on your on your face properly? Um, I got a couple of daughters that are nurses; they're very familiar with uh, what we call our portacom. Um, other areas of our business, uh, flow meters, those go in all the ventilators. Um, that's been, been, been uh, something that's been very well received. Um, in our particle and research area, we do have filter testers that's actually used to classify and test the filter material used in any mask. So you see, you know, demands for masks, you know, you see your mm -hmm. social distancing. I, I do foresee things changing, meaning, you know, like ventilation, you know, just the way it's constructed. I mean, if you go to in any restaurant, a building or whatever, what do you see? You see, you know, diffusers in the, in the, in the ceiling. You, you may see some return grills in the ceiling. Um, you know, that's not going to really flush things out. You know, you think of like a, like a laboratory or I'm sorry, like a clean room where you have uh, HEPA filters in, in the ceiling where you have air coming into the space, flushing everything down. And then your returns are, are going to be either, you know, in the floor or on the sidewall, more of a unidirectional flush out. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things today you know, it's supposed to, you know, really mix up the air, you know, a diffuser diffuses air into the space to get better mixing, get better temperatures controlled, um, you know, temperatures are similar, but I foresee a lot of that changing as well. And then, you know, another thing that you see uh, changing, you know, outdoor air ventilation. Well, you know, maybe do you, would you have enough outdoor ventilation coming into a particular space if that space was, let's say, designed for 12 people, and now it's only limited capacity to four people. So technically, you probably have enough outdoor air coming in. Um, but I foresee a lot of things changing in the industry moving forward. Like Kevin said, this whole pandemic, COVID thing's been a wake-up call. You know, 
I wouldn't bet uh, that there would not be something similar down in the future. So I think uh, there's going to be a big wake up call just in the, you know, we've already changed our practices, social distancing, masks, you know, mm -hmm. watching your hands three dozen times a day. That's all well and good. And we need to do that. But now it's getting into the next step. And I foresee in the next several years, you're going to see a lot more changes to building codes, design practices, testing, um, recommissioning, coming out and testing that building, you know, the every couple mm -hmm. of years just to make sure things haven't drifted, better maintenance and so on. So I think um, yep. um, you know, things are going to change. Yeah. And I would add too, if, if users want to find out more about TSI products and how they align with, uh, with COVID, because we have made adjustments and in, in, in marketing and, and really pointing our customers towards solutions that align with this is uh, at TSI.com. Uh, we've done a lot of that information gathering uh, under uh, the banner of COVID and, and uh, how our products line up with professionals who are looking to mitigate as much as possible. And, uh, you know, we, TSI has been in a lot, all these areas that Jim mentioned, all these product categories and, and divisions, we've been in these areas for quite a long time. And so our instruments aren't necessarily um, new to this space, although we always are, are, look, are launching new products into different categories. Um, but it really is a matter of us being prepared and being uh, in this market space. So uh, we're able to respond uh, to these types of, 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 I'll call them an emergencies, uh, urgencies in the market and be able to help professionals through a wide variety of, of disciplines, be it healthcare or, or first responders um, to respond to this, to this, uh, to COVID. And uh, um, with that, uh, TSI has, has been strong and we continue to, to grow in, in these areas. So I think that I got the wrap up I was looking for from uh, both of you, and, uh, and it was it really was designed about where's the future and what's COVID done to us. So, but I do want to reiterate that you know TSI is a phenomenal resource, not just for indoor air quality and HVAC, but just dealing with all some of the other things you mentioned. So you are a monster in terms of what we breathe and what's in our uh, our homes and how it gets there. So I applaud you for all the things that you guys do as a as a corporation. So uh, well done and continue to do it Thank on a you. high standard. Everything you do is a high standard. Everybody compares other products. We're thinking about buying to yours. We make cost decisions, but know that there is a premier product that's out there. So um, continue the work you're doing. I think your new products are going to be well-received in the industry. The things that are in it and how well it's able to self-calibrate, continue to calibrate, do bump tests, keep track of all those things and have modules. I think you've actually set a new standard for how these kind of devices will need to be designed in the future. Thank I'll you very ditto. much. We I'll uh, say ditto. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And and that's not by accident. We put a lot into this. And, yep. and most importantly, we've listened to the marketplace. We've listened to professionals. We've listened to end users. We've listened to um, you know our partners in in the world. And and that took that takes a lot. And uh, I appreciate it, your guys' shows, recognition yeah. that uh, we we've uh, that we've accomplished this. So thank you. Yeah, and thanks for being, letting us be here. This is great. You know, yeah, it was great to have you guys join us, join us on, on our inaugural flight here. Uh, we did, we'd get a lot of commentary from the peanut gallery, but you know, I, I, it's a new thing. Um, I, I think as, as we move the show forward, we'll, we'll start to get more actively engaged uh, uh, virtual studio audience. Cause you know, it happens. Any, you know, so here's, here's just the final question for you guys. Um, so the, uh, the Q track XP is available now, correct? I mean that that's on that's that's been released. It's in the market. Distributors have it. Yes, no, or it is. It is. We, we yep. launched it. Yeah, we launched it yesterday. It's on the shelf. 
Um, our, our salespeople have been trained and we're ready to go. So you'll see a lot more noise about that in the marketplace as, as we expand through social media and so on. And, uh, um, uh, we are training our channel partners here in the next week. So yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it, we're, we're kind of on the ground and, and getting traction here. So we're very excited to bring this out. This has been a lot of work and a long time coming. And, uh, um, you know, like with anything, um, you know, it, it's, uh, kind of the final stretch, right? So, but it is available now. It's not bad timing. It's not bad timing. It's not bad timing for a new device based on what's going on in the world right now. This is actually a good time for a device that can do these things. <laughs> so right. as you're saying, Kevin, I'm sorry. No, no, it is. And I, you know, it's, um, you can't, you can't plan this out two years ago, right? You, that's not what you can do. So you just kind of make every move you can as time comes on. And, and uh, uh, we've been trying to get this to the marketplace as quickly as possible. And, and uh, we're able to do that now. And as you said, you know, it is good timing as a lot of schools and industry are looking to reopen restaurants, uh, businesses, uh, um, you know, stadiums and so on, arenas. Uh, they're, they're all looking at how can we get our people in here and be safe. You know, TSI's mission is about, um, you know, protecting people and protecting products and environments and doing that with, with, with trusted measurement and, and application guidance and expertise um, to get the kind of data analytics that they, they can make informed decisions. And that goes into everything we do. It goes into every product we make, uh, goes into every effort we do. And, and uh, uh, we carry that forward. And to your point earlier, um, you know, to, to TSI's uh, uh, um, really profession and, and uh, experience and reputation, we've set a high bar in the marketplace and we continue to do so. Um, of course, the challenge there is we've set a high bar in the marketplace, so we have to keep doing it. So uh, we, that's what we strive for each and every day. Well, we definitely appreciate having you gentlemen join us today. Um, and, and and for both our, our live uh, in-house audience, uh, as well as uh, those of you who are watching the simulcast or will be watching the recording uh, later on this week. Um, just wanted to uh, just give you a quick uh, preview of what's coming up in the next uh, segment next week. Um, we're doing a little schedule change. We're actually, Joe, Susan, and I will be here to talk about kind of the, the current events, uh, the industry, what a little bit of outlook. And we're looking to have a lot of uh, direct dialogue with um, you, our live studio audience. And and uh, really get into get into some uh, issues because, like as we all know, uh, nothing really happened in 2020, right? It's n nothing new out there to talk about. Um, no, there's quite quite a bit. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And then um, the following Thursday on the, the 11th, we'll be having uh, some representatives from the Indoor Air Quality Association (IAQA) uh, talk about their upcoming uh, online uh, global uh, event that they uh, will be running on the 15th through the 18th. Um, so again, looking forward to having, uh, having them join us in a couple of weeks. And as always, we're looking forward to have you join us, uh, every Thursday live when you can be here for the healthy indoors live show. Now we added that word. Um, and, um, I, for healthy indoors magazine, um, and, uh, the rest of us here and like to again thank uh kevin chase and uh jim schumacher and uh, of course uh, my co-host joe madosh from hayward score tell us about hayward score while you're here do your do your plug yeah and real quick it's simple it's a free online tool to help you determine if your home is impacting or improving your health so you can get uh do that free at haywardscore.com and lots of great resources on the on that site so thank you 
And uh, obviously, we're with Susan Valenti and I are with Healthy Indoors Magazine. Uh, look for the latest issue coming out in uh, about 24 hours-ish, something like that. Yep. <laughs> you know, we're nodding. You know, it's a, we're, we're, that's the great thing about being a digital publisher. Stuff, stuff we don't have to wait for presses to print and uh, the postal service to delay, uh, to delay in their delivery. Um, it, it'll hit the button sometime tomorrow. Um, so with that, we'll see you next week. Uh, thanks again for the Healthy Indoors Show and Healthy Indoors Magazine. I'm Bob Krell. Please stay safe.